Welcome back to a Love Like This podcast. We are so glad you are here. Join us as we share the stories, memories, and messages that help shape not just our lives, but the lives of our incredible guests. Together with some of our amazing friends, inspirations, and teachers, we bring you stories of faith journeys, life lessons, and advice, all centered around building an abundant life. You have a place here, you have a purpose here. So here we go. Okay, guys, so as always, I'm going to introduce this week's episode by saying how excited I am for you guys to listen to it. I'm excited every week for every guest that we have on the show. Um, but in particular today, Jamie Ivey came on the show and had an amazing conversation with Paige and I about her book, which just so happens to be my all-time favorite book, You Be You. Between Instagram highlight reels and picture-perfect editing, today's culture makes it easy to believe that the grass is always greener on the other side. What does that remind you of, Paige? Dan and Jay. Okay, go. So bombarded with messages that everyone else is living a better life and hustling more is the key to achieving their goals. Women are overwhelmed as they seek contentment and God's calling for their lives. In her book, You Be You, Why Satisfaction and Success Are Closer Than You Think, Jamie Ivey, best-selling author and the host of the popular podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, that has 25 million downloads, insists that living faithfully in the here and the now is the key to an abundant life. And I could not agree with that more. She encourages women to turn to God and away from social media feeds to discover their purpose and direction. You guys, you're not going to want to miss this conversation that we had with Jamie. I left it feeling excited and thrilled and just so encouraged to walk in the calling that God has over my life and to tap in the gifts that He's given me. Well, I think we should start by you telling our listeners just a little bit about UBU. Yes. So UBU is uh, my newest book that just came out in October. And um, I just started feeling this sense that a lot of um, women, and I write and speak to women, but men struggle with this too. My husband has told me this is true. But a lot of women are struggle with this idea of wanting to just be like someone else. I mean, you guys were telling me your story and how hard that was because you wanted to fit in. You wanted to be this. And I think every stage of your life, whether you're like 15 or 20 or 42 like me, you can sometimes look around and think, I don't have what she has Mm -hmm. and she has better things and she's got better gifts and she doesn't get stage fright or she can do this or whatever. And then we start to think if only I was like her, I'd be important. Or if only I was like her, God would use me. And I just want to scream. No, I just want everyone to be the person God made them to be because he had a reason for making you that way. Like he has a purpose in the way he created you. And so that's where the book came from. You be you is I want people to run hard after Jesus and then use everything he's done for them to like tell more people about him. That's where mm. the book came from. So good. I have to be honest with you, Jamie, when I when I purchased your book, I was in a season where I needed something like this. Like I saw it on the website and I was like straight away, I need to get this. And it, it was crazy how we found out about you because we were actually back at the high school, which we were telling you about kind of in like this mentoring position for the young girls. And you were on the Good Life podcast with Stevie and Zan. And yes. the episode is called Bloom Where You're Planted. And we're like, huh, this is kind of fitting right now. Let's give it a listen. Uh-huh. And you literally said that you had the opportunity to go into a high school and mentor young we girls. We had like, tears because we were like, what? This is, what? This is crazy. This is for like, us. Yeah. So God so evidently spoke through you. And I'm like, that's it. I got to get this book. And then I needed this book. And I think this book is so needed for a generation where it is what you were saying, how we are copying everybody else that we're seeing and we're not stepping into being who we were created to be, which is ourselves. And I I love the book, like hands down. Yeah. 
Oh, thank you so much. And I think like you guys can tell me this as well, like mm-hmm. how this is for you, but social media. I mean, oh, I yes. love social media. It connects us. I mean, you would tell me some of the people that, that you follow and yes. it's such a connector and it's so fun and mm-hmm. I can get inspiration. Mm-hmm. But I have to constantly ask myself, when I look at this photo that this person put up, like, am I happy for them or mm-hmm. do I wish that was me? Yeah. Yeah. And y'all, sometimes it's not the right answer. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I find myself looking at it going, man, I wish I was like that. And so I don't think social media is bad. I Mm -hmm. love it. Like, just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But I have to put boundaries up. I have to check myself. I have to really see what is it that this is bringing up in me because I think it just makes it harder when we're looking at other people's lives. Well, we're looking at what we think is their whole life, but it's really just what they show us. Yes, 100%. We have so many stories, embarrassing stories actually about just the like there's a line and we definitely crossed it when it comes to social media like we used to be inspired by feeds like what the feed would look like yeah and we mm-hmm. would take someone else's picture like another girl and make it our own profile picture I don't know if there's symbolism in that <laughs> I would go shopping in real life and be like oh but that person it got to the point where I was like yeah this is a problem that needs too much to, too, it's yeah. way too much <laughs> oh too my much. goodness way too much so Jamie why is it important for us to uncover what makes us unique and what happens when we don't fully embrace our giftings Yeah, I think it's important for a lot of the reasons we were just talking about, because I don't think if we believe that we're unique and that we have good things in us, then we will believe that we're less than. And so, you know, throughout our whole life, we're going to be like face to face and challenged with having to come to the realization that God did something good in me. And, um, you know, we can, we look at like scripture and how Paul's talking about the church and he talks about how we need all parts of the church. Like if it was just a head or just an eye, it wouldn't Mm. really be the whole body. And that's true for us in our lives as well as like when we look at, you know, our families or our friend groups or our churches, I don't want to take that out of context, but what I mean Mm. is like everyone has a purpose and everyone is needed to make the whole thing work together. And so not believing that about yourself means you're constantly going to be looking for it in someone else. Um, And I think that when you get to a point where you realize, here's what I'm good at, here's what I can do, here's how I can be a valuable person, Mm -hmm. you almost lose a little bit of that um, envy that comes up. You Uh lose some of that like thinking that they have it better. Now, I can tell you guys, because I'm a lot older than you guys, Mm -hmm. is that this doesn't go away. Like it's not like you get to, you're like, okay, if I could just get to 20 or if I could just get to 25, I'll be better at this. Yes, you'll be. I'm better than I was when I was 19, but I still have to fight it. And so I think that's something that people need to know as well is that like fighting this is never going to end. Like we're going to constantly have to fight this because we're humans and because we we have sin in our lives and because we want what other people have. And so learning to fight it is so important. And the second thing I would say to that is learn to fight it with your people. Like find friends that you can fight things together. And what I mean is like find people who can speak into your life and can say, hey, so I saw you post this and I just like to talk about like why you thought that might be a good idea to post that. Yeah, You know, it sounds like you guys do that for each other, but just to be able to like fight for each other because it's hard enough on your own, you guys. And so finding that friend that can be that for you or the sister or whatever that might be is so helpful. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. It's definitely like, it feels like you, it's like a combat. It's like you need a combat comparison in any way that you can in order to step into who you were created to be and to walk this life out being ourselves. So in in the book, you talk a lot about um, how no one else can fulfill your calling and you can't fulfill anybody else's. So why is this something that you feel so passionate about? 
I think it's important because a lot of times we can look around and see the people who are, I'll use air quotes here, like quote unquote famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we do this a lot in the church and we can think, okay, she is really doing great things for mm-hmm. God, you mm-hmm. know, and she is really important and she is really good at speaking, singing, whatever it might be. Yeah. And we can start to think that if I don't have those gifts, then I'm not valuable. Yeah. And so what I think we have to do as people is we have to say, not only are all of these gifts valuable and needed, like mine is important as well. And mine looks different because yeah. if I went my entire life, I'm 42, if I spent, if I lived to 80, if I went the next, you know, 38 years yeah. wishing that I had this specific gift that I don't have, how much time would I waste not doing what God asked me to do? Yeah. Mm. You know, and like, mm-hmm. not to be too like, like weird church woman here, but <laughs> I was just doing a Bible study with yeah, some friends and we, and we were talking about, uh, we just met this morning and we were yeah. talking about like after we die and like we, we go to heaven <laughs> and there's this judgment for everyone, like mm-hmm. believer, non-believer. And in, in scripture, it actually says like that God is going to look at the things we did with our life. We had a conversation this morning and I was like, man, it almost makes me cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm think that I could potentially get there and realize, man, I had so many opportunities. Yes. And and I don't mean like ginormous opportunities. I mean opportunities with my neighbor. I mean mm-hmm. opportunity with like a volunteer position. I mean opportunities within my local church. I mean opportunities with my kids. And I said no to them because I was afraid yeah. or I said no to them because I didn't feel equipped or I said no to them because I thought it wasn't big enough. I'm holding out for that big, big ask. Mm-hmm. And it was just really humbling and sobering this morning to think of, man, I want I want to live my life with the kind of person that says, man, whatever God puts in front of me, whether it seems quote unquote big or quote unquote yep. small, I want to say yes to it because he thinks I'm the best for it. Yes. And that's how I want to live my life. And that's how I want really people to live their lives. Yeah. That's so good, Jamie. That's so good. I love the I love the story that you use um in your book about the prodigal son and what you know, how you related this back to you being you. So can you just like tell us a little bit about how that fits into this, like how that story fits into exactly what you're saying about using our gifts well? Yeah, there's a story that Jesus tells in um, the New Testament, and he used pro- he used parables a lot yeah. uh, to tell a story. And so he tells a parable about the prodigal son, and it's this the son who um, had asked his dad for his inheritance early, and so he took his inheritance and he left his father, and um, went away and just really made a bunch of poor decisions, lots of bad things. And yeah. I'm like, I can relate to that. I have <laughs> been in that situation and found himself really at the end. And he looked up and he's like, man, I'm like living with pigs here. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask my dad if I can just work for him. You know, I don't I don't need anything. I just want to work for him. And um, he, he goes back and, you know, oh my gosh, the best part of this whole story is that um, – in the story, I, I wish I'm sorry that I don't have it here, but it says in scripture that like that the the dad saw him from afar. He picked up his robe and ran to him. Mm-hmm. And what I learned later, I don't even know if I put this in the book, girls, is what I learned later is a lot of times in this culture outside of the city there would have been I, I'll use the word committee because I don't know what yeah, else to call yeah, it, yeah. but there would have been a group of people who, when someone was coming back, they would have like intercepted that. So they, that that young man would not have been welcomed back into the community because of the choices he had made. 
And so knowing that about the culture and then knowing that the dad saw him from afar and ran to him, it's like he was going to intercept that um, meeting that they were going to have. And the dad welcomed him back with open arms. And that is a picture of God. And so if someone's feeling like, man, I haven't been using my gifts. I haven't been walking with Jesus. I have been running away from him. Jesus told that story so that that dad represents our heavenly father Mm -hmm. and how he will do whatever he can to come back to you um, as you come back to him. And so that story is so good. And there's also the brother, you know, there's the brother that was there doing the right thing, following all the rules. And so the dad throws a big party for his son and the other brother, which I can relate to this brother sometimes (laughs) too, too. is like, what up dad? Like Mm -hmm. I've been here following the rules all the time and you ain't never thrown a party for me. (laughs) And um, you know, there's an example there and you know, the the father in the parable says, you know, you've been here and the lost son has come back. And so, So there's just this example of how much God loves us. And I think so many times when we when we have envy or fear or greed about maybe not being enough, we lose the fact about how much our Heavenly Father loves us and the and the the risk, not the risk, but the the what he will go through to bring us back and love him. And that story is such a beautiful example of that. And so I think if anyone's listening and they're thinking, Oh, I have not been following God. I have not been doing what He wants me to. I've not been using my gifts. We have this story, and you can even imagine, like mm-hmm. God, which feels weird. I don't know what it looks like to you guys. But <laughs> if you imagine Him like picking up His robe mm-hmm. and running towards you, that's how much He loves you. Yeah, that's so, so good. good. Hey guys, so I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Can you believe that February is just about wrapped up, and we are already five episodes into season two? We just wanted to take some time um, out of this week's episode to thank you personally so much to everyone who entered into our February book giveaway and joined our mailing list. We feel so grateful for the love and support and we hope that you guys enjoy the rest of this conversation with Jamie. Um, Jamie, in, as a part of your book title, you write like why satisfaction and success are closer than you think. How do you hope to redefine success? Ah. Uh. This is a thing that everyone's looking for. They're looking Mm. to be successful. You know, you girls are like 19 and this is my favorite thing I've done all day, but I talk to you guys. And so I'm sure that you have these ideas of what would be successful as like your 20th year or the 24th year or whatever that might be. I too have ideas of what equals success. But here's what I found. And I hope this encourages you guys. I found that whatever I've been striving for, like whatever success is, fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. I feel like it constantly changes. Mm-hmm. And so one minute I'm told, okay, in my life stage, because I'm parenting children. I'm par- of course, I'm parenting children. What <laughs> else should I be parenting? I don't know. Dogs. I do have dogs I parent as well. But anyhow, I'm a mom <laughs> in my stage. And so sometimes I can think a successful mom, well, I looked on Pinterest the other day, a successful mom has like crafts and, you know, snacks that are in the shape of a of a horse when her kids get off the bus or whatever. And I don't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I can like a failure, you know? And then the next minute I see, no, a successful mom doesn't do her kid's laundry. She makes them do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm a failure again. And so for me, I had to take this idea of success and switch it Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I'm never going to be what the world says is success. You know, for, uh, I have a lot of friends who are your, that are your guys' age that I'm so glad I get to hang out with young people because they (laughs) keep me young. They might think success means that I get married before I'm 25. I mean, here in America, in the South, you guys, people are getting married at like 24. I don't know what it's like in Sydney, but people are getting young. Yeah. And so, but then they might think, well, that doesn't happen to me. Am I a failure? 
And I just want to say, we can't define our lives by what the world says is successful. Instead, we have to define our lives by what God asks of us. Mm -hmm. We have to be faithful to the calling on our life. And so for someone who's 25 and feels like I'm not successful because my parents think I should be married, everyone else thinks I should be married. But what if you're like, you know what, I'm going to faithfully serve God in this season, whether Mm -hmm. I'm married or not. It switches everything for you. If you're thinking about a career and you're thinking, man, I should be further in my career. I'm a failure. I'm not a success. Mm. But what if you're like, I'm faithful every day with the job that God's given me. I'm faithful with the people that he's put in front of me. I'm faithful with the work that he's given me. And so I want success. I bet you guys want success. Everybody wants success. But I think we have to switch the way we think about it. And I'm successful when I'm faithful to what God asked me to be. Yes. Then I'm successful. No matter what happens to my podcast, my job, my kids, like I have to be faithful to that. Mm, and so that's where I wanted to switch the thinking of, man, instead of looking at your life and thinking, I'm either a success or I'm a failure, what if you said, I'm either faithful or I'm not? And yes. I want to be faithful. Yes. That's a huge thing I took out of your book, Jamie, was um, let's switch thinking, you know, let's switch going about our days, wondering if we're being successful instead, just be faithful. And then we can, you know, go to bed at night being filled because we were faithful with whatever God had for us that day. 100%. And I promise you, like, that's hard to do because the world gives us different messages. Yeah. Like everything says, here's what success is. If you don't meet it, you're a failure. And I think just even you talking about that, I I know I wrote it and I'm doing this in my own life as well, Mm. but it is so true that I can go to bed and not feel bogged down as a failure, but I can go to bed going, God, I was faithful for you today. And really that's all he wants from us. He wants our faithfulness. Mm -hmm. That's so good. That's so good. Um, I love this story about the story and the experience of landing your dream job and when you decided to show up as quote unquote yourself. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, I host a podcast now, The Happy Hour, and I've been hosting it for seven years. And so everyone would think that this is like what I was trained to do in college, Mm -hmm. you know, is to, you know, host a radio show or something, but it is not anything. It's further from the truth than anything. So when I went to college, I graduated and I was a teacher and a coach right out of school. And so when my husband Aaron and I were early married before we had kids, I taught school and I coached basketball and volleyball and just loved it so much. Well, then we had children, and um, we set up our family where I'd be a stay-at-home mom, and it was so great. I got to stand with our kids. Mm. And one day I was driving in Austin, Texas, where your sister went to school, and on a country radio station, they advertised that they were having um, anyone could try out to be a morning show radio host, okay? So yeah. I thought to myself, I'm going to try out. And yeah. so I did. Yeah. I sent in a demo tape, like I recorded it and sent it in, and Long story short is I ended up winning this job. And so (laughs) it is the craziest thing in the world. I remember one time Aaron, my husband, and I, we were going out on a date and he was like, we should talk about like who's going to watch the kids because like my (laughs) Mm -hmm. husband works and Mm -hmm. he's like, what if you get a job? And I'm like, babe, I'm not going to win. There's no way I'm going to win. And I ended up winning. And so I got this new job and I was on air, radio morning, uh, radio show. We went live at 6 a.m. So I had to be there at like 5.15 a.m. And you guys, it was so much fun. Like mm-hmm. I I can tell you guys love podcasting. I love podcasting. And mm-hmm. it was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. How do we how, how is this my job? It was so yeah. fun. And just for some circumstances at our at with our family, um, I really just felt like God was saying, it, it wasn't time for you to leave. Like I need you to come back home with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I quit and I say it was the best, hardest decision ever because I loved that job. 
And I was a little frustrated with God. Okay, I was a lot frustrated. I was really <laughs> frustrated with God yeah. because I was like, you clearly made this happen. I believe that you in all things and you opened this door. Mm. I don't know why you're making me leave now. Um, and it was very confusing to me. But I learned a lot about myself um, after I left there. And I learned that the thing I loved the most about that job was I felt like I had a voice. Mm. Like I felt like I had something to say and I felt like people would listen to me. And because it was, you know, on microphones, you know, yes. just like you guys and your podcast and my podcast. Mm. And then when I was left there, I wrestled a lot with, I guess I don't have a voice anymore. I guess no one's listening to me. I guess I have nothing to say. I guess I'm not important. I can be dramatic. So I took it all <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't even matter in the world, yeah, which is yeah. not true. Yeah. Uh, but God showed me that my voice mattered then. It mattered before. It mattered after. And like whoever is in front of me, mm. they matter. And so in that season of working in the radio, it was thousands of people in Austin, Texas. In this season now, it's thousands of people around the world. Um, in some seasons, it has been my four children. Mm. In other seasons, it has been, you know, I taught Sunday school at my church or when I was a teacher and a coach. And so I think a lot of times we can get confused and think that we, if we're not behind a microphone, if we're not on a stage, if we're not writing books, we don't have anything to say. And I want to say, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. You always have something to say. You yes. always have a message and you always have people in front of you that are listening. So say something to them. Like, That's so do what God's asked you to do, yeah. which is like use your voice for the kingdom. And I don't don't mean like speaking or podcasting. I just mean like, man, invest in the people in front of you. Like mm. invest in them because they matter. So there was like a it was a fun season of radio. Yeah. I learned a lot. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I started my show. It's crazy. I think we should go back to the idea about finding your own voice. Um I think this is a struggle that I know I've struggled with it as well. And I know you mean it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, I'm good at podcasting or I'm a good speaker or anything like that. Um, but why do you think it's important for women in particular to find their own voice compared to mimicking somebody else's? And what advice would you give to women who are struggling to find their own? Oh, I, I would tell them, first of all, they're not alone. Mm -hmm. I think that this is a journey that we all go on trying to figure out what we're going to do. I mean, I look at my own personal life and I was a teacher and a coach, stay-at-home mom, uh, radio, pod, you know, just like have yeah. gone and done different things. Um, so you're not alone, first of all, if you're trying to find your voice. My encouragement to people is always to to serve and get out. My friend um, Rebecca Lyons says that your calling is where your talents and your burdens collide. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about that so many times and I think, man, there has been seasons in my life where I have felt a burden for something. I knew I had a talent and you put them together and that was a calling on my life. And, you know, I give the example of for many years I volunteered in our county jail and um, there was a need. You know, a friend mm -hmm. called and was like, hey, we're going to start a ministry in the jail. Would you like to pray about it? And I'm like, yeah, there was a need my talent of, you know, teaching or leading small group or whatever that might be, yeah. put them together. And I spent three years every Tuesday, you oh, know, and oh. so looking for that voice or looking for that calling, it it wasn't, it wasn't a, a national thing. It was yeah. just in my county jail, you know, mm -hmm. and, but that was a place I got to use my voice every single week for three years. And so just to encourage someone like it's not, it's never like huge and yeah. big. It could be, you know, but it's also is look around. Like what are the needs in your home, in your community, in your church, in your kid's school, in your university, in your sorority, whatever that might look like. Uh, Do you guys have sororities? 
No. No. Oh, you know what that is? I, yeah, we know what it is, but I okay. don't think it's definitely it's not, not a big, big thing. thing. Okay. It is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an American it is, thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. But just like look around and see like, man, mm. who are the people that I that I do life with? What are some mm. needs? How can my talent meet? And then there you are. You have a voice, you yeah. know? And okay. so sometimes I think we make it harder than it really is. Yeah. And I don't I don't say that to say like if you're struggling, there's something wrong with you. No, 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 I'm just yeah. saying I'm just saying, hey, you can do this. Like you can figure this out. And so I that's hope that's really encouraging. Good. That's so good. Abby and I, like, we're really lucky that we have, like, you know, an awesome mom and dad and brother and sister. Like, we're one of four, like, just like your kids as well. And I just think about, like, some women out there who don't have that community and that don't have, like, that connect group. Like, we're joining a new connect group tonight, actually, which I'm nervous about. But I'm excited because I know that, like, getting to community is really important. So what encouragement do you have for women who are searching for that community and for people to, like, get on their team and their sideline? I love that you just said you're joining a new group tonight and you're a little nervous because I get nervous joining <laughs> yeah. new groups. I'm yeah. like, new yeah. people make me nervous. Yeah. Um, but you're doing it. Yeah. And like, I'm like, that is such a great example and such a great truth is because it's like we long for community so much mm-hmm. and we long to be known. But at the same time, we don't want to let anyone in, you know? And so it's this fight within our soul of, I want to be known, but I don't want you to know me. Mm -hmm. I want to be known, but I don't want you to know me. And we have this fear that once people know us, then they're going to decide, ugh, it's a little more than I can handle. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that from her. Or that's what I thought she was going to give us. And so, man, it's so difficult. And I will say this, is that the friends that I found in my life, who have been, oh my gosh, life-giving, like mm-hmm. sustaining, like I would walk through fire for them. We mm-hmm. have put in the hard work of really, really believing in each other and being there for each other and not judging each other and constantly pointing each other back to the truth of God's word, like showing them the gospel and showing it for that. And so encouragement is is sometimes putting yourself out there to get community is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. It's always hard for me. But it's always, always, always worth it. And like um, a couple of years ago, I was just like, man, I feel like I need some community that is not people I work with, not like me traveling. And so I just texted a couple of moms. I was like, hey, y'all want to meet in my house and Mm -hmm. go through a Bible study? And I've been doing that for a handful of years now. And it's fun to see women come. And I know that some of them are like, you know, scared about meeting new people in community, but it's always for the better when we're willing to put ourselves out there. It's always for the better. Now, okay. I say it's always for the better. Everyone's like, you're lying, Jamie, because I've been really hurt. And I've been really hurt Mm -hmm. in my people as well, because people are people, you know? So I want to retract my, it's always Mm -hmm. for the better. I want to say this, let me re-say it, is I want to (laughs) say, it's always for the better to put yourself out there. Yes. You might get hurt. Mm-hmm. It might turn into like your best friend or it might turn into a great friend for five years or you might get hurt. But I still think it's worth the fight mm-hmm. to try again. And yeah. so that's what I want to say. That's, that's true. so good, Jamie. That's so good. So you're speaking to us as 19-year-old girls, but if you could go back and have a conversation with your 20-something-year-old self, what advice would you give to her? <laughs> you guys, I was a mess at 20. I'm, I'm t- I can't even describe to you how big of a mess I was at 20. Um, I started following Jesus when I was 21. Mm-hmm. I grew up in church. Like I, mm-hmm. I knew all the rules. I knew all the yeah. things. I knew all the Bible verses, uh, but didn't really give my life to him until I was 21. So when I was 20, man, I wanted to be loved so deeply. Um, and I would give myself, my heart, my soul, my body, whatever, mm-hmm. to anyone that would love me. Mm-hmm. And so if I could go back and tell that, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old anything, I would want her to know that she was loved 
um, deeply by by God. Mm. And I would also want to tell her that if she felt as though she had to give up parts of herself to feel loved, that it wasn't true love. Right. Mm. That's so good. Oof. I know that's that's really so good. good. <laughs> um, so what do you want women, young and old, to know about the role they play in leaving a mark in the world? It's mm. a really good question. I love this question too. Someone just asked me today if you could have like your tagline or on your tombstone or something. And oh, I yeah. would want to I would want someone to say about me that she loved her people well and she loved Jesus well. That's good. And um, you know, <laughs> My, um, this is another story for another day, but my husband, and I have a book about marriage mm. we're, and we were talking to someone about it today and they asked, they asked me the question. They said, um, what do you want people to learn? I don't know what the question was, but it was something like, what do you want people to learn from this book? Right. Yeah. And, um, I actually said that the most important thing to me would be that my four kids inside my home would see marriage for what it's supposed to be. And that matters to me more than what anyone else thinks when they read that book. Mm. And so for me, it shows me, man, my leaving my mark because of my job and because of like the ways God's gifted me and because of the things that he's allowed me to do. Yeah. I, I'm not naive to the fact that I get to influence a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. It's just in, in the things that I get to do. And that matters. And I every every time I get to influence someone, whether on a podcast, a book reader, whatever it is, man, at the end of it, I want them to love Jesus more with mm-hmm. everything that I do. I want them to love Jesus more. But y'all, when I think about my kids at my house and mm-hmm. I think about leaving a mark on their lives, that's the most important thing for me because those four people, if God has it in his will, will get married. And if God has it, have kids. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on and on and on. And I, I can't help but think what my life might impact three generations later. And so leaving a mark is important and everyone's going to leave a mark. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you leave a mark one way or another. And so Mm. for me, I'm like, what kind of mark do I want to leave? And right now in the stage of my end, all I think about is those four people in my house who are not much younger than you guys and how important it is for me to impact their lives. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. Jamie, it has been a, it has been such an honor. I have no words to thank you for coming on the show today. Like you're really my true inspiration. You're also my favorite author. Um, oh, thank your you. Book, your book is incredible. We're giving away a copy of it when this episode comes out. So I hope people go out and buy it. So where can people find your book and how can they find about, you know, find out more about Jamie Ivey? Yeah, you can get it wherever books are sold. I don't know. How does it work in Australia? Can, where can you get the like, book? Uh, like Amazon's like a big thing here. We also have, okay. it's so funny. We have like a local Christian bookstore and it's called Kurong. And like, that's where we shop like every week. It's where like every do Christian they, goes. Do they, have, do they have, it? have it? Yeah, they have it online. I online, don't know if they have yes. it in person. I think they might oh, okay. be getting it in person, but they had it online. That's where I got mine from. They're so a bit slow. They need to get it in person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It took months for me to get Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. It took me so long, but Same I saw it Same as Rebecca's um, Rhythms of Renewal. That took a yeah. bit as well. Yeah. But you yeah. guys know all my friends. This is so oh, fun. Yeah, we love all your friends. <laughs> we, <laughs> seriously, we have such this, I feel like the second we've like come to know Jesus, he's just given us so many amazing people to look up to. You being one of them, Rebecca, Jenny, all of you just as like such inspiration that whole community is like just oh my gosh life-giving uh, truly i'm so honored i'm so honored um okay so yes where can you find me i got so distracted <laughs> with books um amazon i mean amazon has everything right yeah, so you yeah. can get it anywhere you get books uh they have it there Good. my webpage is jamieivy.com and there you can find all the books i've written podcasts all the things and then 
My favorite social media is Instagram. And so that's where I hang out the most and I love it. And I'm at Jamie Ivy. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Jamie, truly. Thank you so much for giving so much time out of your day to spend and talking to us today. It's been an honor. You guys are so welcome. Thank you. It's been an honor for me too. (laughs) Thank Thank you so much. I'm not even kidding you. I bought this book in October of last year and I remember reading it right outside this office where we were recording this podcast and I was reading it being like, God is so co-authoring this book with Jamie. Like God is the the co-writer in this book. The pages are bringing life and truth to me. It spoke directly to my heart and I, and I pray that you guys get a copy of this book as well because like I said at the beginning, it is so needed. I know Jamie, if you're listening to this, thank you so, so much for taking the time to record this episode with us. We love you. Yes, thank you, Jamie. And thank you to everybody for listening. As always, guys, we're so grateful for you and we hope that you gain encouragement and truth by this incredible conversation with Jamie Ivey all about you being you.